Sussex by the Sea podcast. I'm your host Chris Laverick and on the SBTS we try to get a flavour of our local football here in East Sussex but in particular the club I follow for my sins, Hastings United. On the show this week, Hughes disability coach Tyler Henshaw pops in and talks about our disability side, its growth and how to get involved. Then we have our first interview with Hastings United manager Paul Barnes. We talk budgets, building a squad and his hopes for this season and beyond. Enjoy, Hastings fans. And now to Tyler Henshaw. It gives me great pleasure to have Tyler Henshaw on the show this week. Uh, Tyler is the Hastings Disability Team Coach. He's also uh, involved with the Academy, Skilltech Sports Development Officer. Uh, used to be involved with the Brighton Foundation as well, was it, Tyler? Yeah, that's pretty much all spot on, to be fair. Um, I'm still at Brian Foundation now, uh, but I just do stuff part-time. Oh, okay. Your intake, um, is it a, a mix of different like physical and mental disabilities? or How, how, what's the, how does it get sorted? Yeah, so for me personally, it's uh, more about being inclusive. I don't label it uh, as like you have to fall into this category. Mm. It's literally turn up, play, see how, you, how it goes. Um, we've even got to a stage now where we're splitting the groups into half, so it's all done on on ability almost, okay. um, and and um, and for their needs. But yeah, going on, we have various different uh, disabilities, so for autism, uh, global delay, uh, mental health, it all, um, and then we all just come. We don't, but we don't make a big thing about it. Yeah, they all just come play. Um, and have a good time. Like I just treat them as, as a normal football session. Really, I don't go, "All oh, right, this is a disability session." I just go, "We're, we're, we're playing football today," and, and that's, that's um, the basics of it, really. Well, yeah, as it should be, as it should be. And uh, you know, main reason why I'm talking to you is obviously to get this message out to fellow Hastings fans and anyone else who are listening that you know about how do you sign up, uh, and also like what, when do you play. Yeah, so currently at the moment, this is this will probably change obviously as we go to the winter months. At the moment, we're training at Egerton Park in Beckhill. Uh, there's like a football court in there, um, and that is five to six on a Tuesday. Uh, it might be worth me putting my email in. To be fair, um, if you can, if there's a way to tag that in there, oh yeah, and then man. I can send out the details. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, well, what I'll do is when this when this goes out, um, the, the email will be there. So, yeah, as, well, as long as you give me it. Class. <laughs> yeah, class. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and then, um, so, yeah, we train every Tuesday. And then uh, starting literally Sunday, we have our first fixture. So, we're playing in a league now uh, called the Sussex Disability League. 
And that is uh, once a month at Culver Road, Lansing. So that's where Sussex FA um, host all their events and stuff like that, basically. And then in that, we're going to be playing seven-a-side matches. Probably play about three different teams from Crawley to Worthing to Brighton. And then we're going to be in Division Championship, probably. And then, yeah, I think I've got to course too much. Yeah, oh, well, that sounds great. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a mission getting to Lansing. Yeah, so currently, uh, going on to that, we're, we're providing a minibus. So, yeah, obviously, it's a long way, but um, all the players have the opportunity to get into the minibus. Um, which uh, James is kindly um, kindly um, taking the team on Sunday, oh, um, and then and then uh, yeah, the format is basically like there's a Premiership, uh, which the eleven aside, and that's more mental health specific, and then Championships a bit more high ability, and then the Division One's like a foundation division where uh, it's very inclusive and everyone um, has a good time with it basically, whereas Championships a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Uh, but that suits our guys because they want to go and compete, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good setup in there, and it's all uh, sorted by Jade Harker over by Sussex FA, okay. um, and it's just growing by, by each year. I think we've got eight teams in our league, there's eight teams in the bottom one, and there's four in the top one. So, yeah, no, it's really taken off at the moment, so it's, it's really good to see. Yeah, excellent. I mean, where do, where do you see it sort of going in the future? I mean, as you say, it's growing. Um, in terms of maybe a few tournaments in Hastings, or I mean, how many? Yeah, what, what, no. what sort of numbers have we got at the at the moment at at Hastings in Hastings? Uh, we have sixteen at the moment. Oh, um, I'll probably obviously have sixteen, but I'll probably average about fourteen to twelve at each session. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're going off sixteen at the moment. Um, we have probably about ten play on Sunday. Um, and then the view is because it's going really well at the moment. I want to introduce a second team. We're not quite there yet, uh, but for, for the new season going on to next year, um, that's what it's looking like at the moment. See, like if, if people want to sign up and stuff, I'll leave my details. Uh, just like the basic things, really. Obviously, we play in Hastings United kit, which was uh, donated kindly donated by the club to us. And then, um, and I just encourage people to just give it a try basically like there's no pressure um you don't even have to, to to play you can come down and watch and then go forward off into the winter we're looking potentially going to go into indoors at hastings academy school but that it's not set in stone as of yet but that's the plan that's the moving plan. forward with it basically well excellent I'm, i must while i'm on while i'm doing this i must give a shout out to howie uh, keegan and, and particularly the, the histed mr gary um, uh, must give them a shout out because um, I know they've been involved with the team. Uh, are they? St- I, yeah. ho- I hope they're still involved with the team before, after I've said this. But um, yeah, no, no, definitely. All, all, all the names you've just mentioned, uh, they're regulars. They're absolutely committed to the team, and they absolutely give their all each match. So yeah, all, all, all of them you've just mentioned, absolutely massive shout out to them. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Well, fact, look, thank you very much for your time, Tyler. And um, well, I look, to, I look forward to seeing uh, this team develop. Yeah, no, and then it'd be great to get more players in. And then obviously in the future, um, going forward, I really want to get a junior team in as well. So we want to cement it with the adults. It's, it's looking very likely we'll get like a, a junior team, like um, an under 10 or something like that going through um, Hastings United. So that's the next step moving forward basically oh brilliant stuff Tyler mate you're doing a great job mate thank you very much
No, I appreciate that, mate. Cheers. The world today seems absolutely crackers. With nuclear bombs to blow us all sky high. There's fools and idiots sitting on the tree. It's depressing and it's senseless and that's why. great pleasure to have use boss uh paul barnes on the show uh been a long time coming before uh tried to get it done at the beginning but a few little hiccups but we've got it now um first of all paul an absolute pleasure having you on how are you today sir no very well i'm delighted to be here obviously i i know you know there's probably lots we can discuss i'm, I'm looking forward to obviously letting people have an insight um and yeah it's, it's been brilliant brilliant start to obviously the the relationship with Hastings. Um, so, yeah, no, just nice to be here. Thanks, thanks, Paul. I mean, let's, I've got a few questions from a few fans that have uh, 
I bothered to post. I always want to strangle them. I, I put all this stuff out there for them to post to, and they don't. But uh, there's a, there's a few uh, respondents. Um, firstly, explain to us like taking over in that situation and, and literally having to create a whole team i mean i'm I, maybe i'm exaggerating slightly but create a whole new side how difficult was that yeah i, th- I think probably from m- maybe other managers that haven't been through as many challenging projects that i've been involved in um it, it probably is quite a big ask and it's, it's very overwhelming um i mean i've got a good story and i, and I could think, give you an insight in terms of how stony was um, after the first couple of weeks, because um, he was he was really getting stressed. Um, so I think you know the way that I, I always try to work is I'm personable. Um, when I was obviously offered the opportunity to take the job, grabbed it with both hands. I know obviously great club, great support. Couldn't wait to get involved. So the first kind of first task for me was to make sure I spoke to every player who was. Uh, you know, being inherited and a Hastings player from previous and and had done the club obviously so well over the years, obviously helping with promotion and then obviously just missing out last year, but still having a great season, obviously, in East and Prem. Um, so the first task was introducing myself, letting them know where they stood, um, obviously letting them know the challenges, um, because I think as, as it was quite um, well known that, you know, budget-wise, it wasn't maybe going to be the same budget that we had last year. Um, so there was going to be some tough conversations. But again, I mean, I, I say to everyone and anyone that knows me, um, I only deal in honest conversation. Um, so it was it was easy conversations from my perspective. Um, and you know what it's like, you want people to get a feel for you. Um, obviously, explain me, Stoney, obviously working together, other staff potentially going to be with us. And then see where the players are at because, you know, I think sometimes people can get a little bit lost in the facts and think, oh, yeah, football's the be all and end all. Um, you know, for, for part-time football, obviously, that we're involved in, um, there's also other kind of um, circumstances that will play a part in any decision-making. So, you know, work life, personal life, um, and then just seeing where people were at. So those were discussions we had. Um, I think everybody that we spoke to, and we did speak to everybody, um, it was it was good conversation. You know, nobody, boys, on it, we know a lot of lads chose to move on, but it wasn't with any kind of anger or no issue. Kind of, it was shaking hands on good terms, wishing them well. Um, I think if anyone saw, obviously, you know, after the game at Whitehawk, and there was obviously a lot of former Aces players, it was friendly. Um, you know, speaking to people. I mean, I even. You know, the f- first message that I, I, I sent um, when I heard the news was to Jack Dixon congratulate him on the birth of his of his newborn. Um, so, you know, you, you don't do that if people leave on bad terms. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I think you want, you want people to know that what they've done, the time that they've given, what the commitment to the club, it means something. Um, and even to somebody like me that's only just coming in to, to learn about the club, you know, it's not just for me, it's for everybody that's gone before me, all the supporters that have supported those players over the years and the relationships that they built, because I think that's mm-hmm. important. Um, so yeah, it was it was a challenging time, but one that I never I I, I never kind of got daunted by and and, and never got phased by because again I, I've done it before. Um, I mean to to give you the insight and the Stony story, um, and it was quite funny. His boy Josh actually said it a few weeks into the season, um, speaking to him on one of our hundred and one calls throughout one day probably. Um, he actually kind of rang in a bit of a panic and was like, oh, so-and-so's moving on, so-and-so's moving, kind of we're left with three or four. And he was like, bloody hell, we're not going to get a team together. And 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 I remember, you know, as if it was yesterday, saying, Stoney, it's, it's not my first rodeo. Um, I've, been here, I've, I've been here before, mate, we'll be okay. Um, because again, I think, you know, football is such a small, even though there's so many clubs and opportunities and, you know, people will know many players, many managers. But on the flip side, it's, it's a small community. 
Um, everybody knows everyone. So what I've I've always been confident in and I'll stand by in terms of people like myself and Stoney, we've built good reputations by being good people first and foremost. Um, and then you add to the fact of very professional. We'd like to think that we're forward thinking, you know, modern day um, kind of managers um, in the game. So that's always going to be attractive. Um, I know my relationships with players have always been good. Again, even players that maybe have moved on, I've always left on good terms. So it wasn't too long before the phone starts ringing and players start saying, I'd love to come and play for the club. I know it's a great club, great support. So then all of a sudden you go from, oh, we've only got three or four, to now we're saying, all right, what, who do we need and what do we need? Because we know how we want to play, um, who fits. Obviously, we can't take everybody. Also, again, budgetary issues. It's got to fit in line with what the club, obviously, financially has got to, to work with. So, you know, the project started. And for me, yeah, no, it's enjoyable. I, I think a lot of people get stressed. But it's for me, I, I enjoy that, you know, building something, yeah. you know. And, and it's not just built on in terms of, I think we said at the fan forum, of, I'll come and play for us, you can get X amount of, money paid to you per week. It's, this is what we want to build. This is the culture we want to implement. You know, this is what it means to the town. You know, do you align with our vision? Do you align with what we are as a club, the people that we are? Um, and so knowing that, building relationships. And, and it's not it, it's not as simple as, you know, people will, will look at transfer deadline day and you put in a bid and the player accepts. You know, again, we, we don't work at that kind of level you know, from my perspective, I want to meet a player two or three times. You know, I want to have a good few conversations on a far. I want to show them. I mean, I'm a, I'm a madman. I probably would have showed them a presentation online um, and just shown them what we're doing and how we're building it. And then if they do say, yeah, you know what, I think we'd work well together. Then you have another conversation, find out what they're about, um, see see where they want to go this year, you know, what, what their intentions are. And then you take it from there. So, no, I think it was, yeah, we're challenging, but in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I know from from a fan perspective. I mean, I, we've had quite a, a, a good six, seven years of very settled squad with minimum changes. So um, I think what's happened, and what's happened, which we've noticed around a lot of clubs, there's been a lot of clubs that this has happened to. You know, like, I mean, obviously, I know your old club, Dulwich, that they're a complete, almost completely different side to the the, the side that was um, that went down. And I like what you said there about that people moving on. You know, you respect what they've done and uh, go with good blessing, um, which I, I think a few fans need to know that as well, just uh, for the ones that are listening, that, um, you know, they've done a good job. Good luck to them. And now it's these these new lads and they're going to go do a good, jo- good job for us now. Yeah. No, and, and, and you know That's what, Chris, and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to touch on it. And I say all the time and, you know, even previously at Dulwich, and I say all the time because... Um, what what we've, we will continuously say, and I know some of the supporters that you'll, you'll be good friends with and have grown up, you know, being mm. diehard Hastings fans will know because we, we've got to know them really well. We've had them even come in and give some talks to our team is, you know, as, as, as much as it probably will, will kill me, um, but football managers, football players will come and go. You know what I mean? But the fans and supporters, that's, you know, that that's their club. You know what I mean? So in terms of, they're the most, in people, most important people in any football club. You know, they're the people that have been there since they were young. They're the people that will be there when they're very old. They're the people that will bring up the next generation to be supporters or players of the club. So if, if you don't embrace that and if you don't acknowledge that, I, I, I think straight away you're on a hide into nothing because you've already lost what is a key ingredient for a club like Aces United. Right, now we are recording. We were recording earlier, don't worry. Uh, yeah, but I just need to remember, uh, Terry, I know you'll be listening. Terry Terry Scott says hello. Um, Paul, uh, she loves you. She's always talking about you. Just thought I'd mention that. 
Terry Scott. No, no, thank you. Terry, I know we said earlier as well, Terry's a great lady. I mean, I'm very lucky to meet her when I was at Margate. You know, she still connect, stays in contact with my, my family. You know, my wife will stay in contact with her on social media. So, no, Terry's a lovely lady. And, you know, I know she'll probably be listening and I'll see her soon, no doubt. But hello to Terry and hope her and her family are well. Yeah. Margate, I thought I, Margate on a bit of a cup run at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure about the league. I did talk to her about the league. Oh, what we're so just, I know we're going on a sidebar into Margate, but um, obviously, lovely people at Margate. I, how do you see it? Do you see them staying up this year or do you reckon they're struggling? What do you think? Don't want no, to put I, 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 I think they'll be fine. Um, yeah. I know Reese, I know Reese the manager well. I know mm. Ben, obviously, the assistant well. A few of the boys down there, um, they, they'll be fine. You know, they've got a good manager um, who's just starting out, but, you know, great experience as a player. Good, good person. I really like Reese. I mean, we talk, people probably don't realise, but I think a lot of managers talk more than people think. Like, we'll share footage of, of oppositions and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's no coincidence. You know, I've, I've spoke to Reese probably at least half a dozen times already this season. We will trade footage on opposition. Um, they'll, they'll be fine. I mean, they've already put together a good group and it shows with their cup run. Good, because it's a lovely away day, that is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I was I was sceptical skeptical coming in uh, when 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 things changed because I was I was quite involved with the last. Um, I, I probably I'm, I'm personally me. I'm not again. I'm not talking for other fans here, Paul. Yeah, but particularly me, very very passionate, but very kind of uh, emotion. Should we say emotion led? Yeah, that's just or naive. I don't know, or just sentimental. I don't know, but. So with change, I'm not great, but I must say, since you come in, I felt that you know your, your connection with the fans has been very good, and I think you've been very respectful as well, and 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 uh, has given everyone time, which I mean I think needs to be commented on. Um, and we've we, well, I tell you, you know, we've had some cracking cracking results. I mean, how do you feel in the eight games we're sitting fifth? I mean, I know we've had a few defeats that we may talk about in a bit, but like we've also had some cracking wins, and I am in no way saying this is any point and negative at the moment because I'm happy with I will I'll be I'll take that at the start of the season I'm very happy with where we are I mean how do you feel it's shaping up um I mean obviously it's still a work in progress I, I did see talk earlier at the beginning of the season that we were winning leagues and all this and I did say to others I said no 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 we need to give this team a chance to to settle in let's not get ridiculous and but I mean what do you think Paul yeah, I, no. Again, I think we did say in the in the forum. Um, I echo it. You know, any any club, you know, that I get the the privilege to to manage. Um, I want to be competitive. Um, you know, but by nature, um, in terms of, I think it's it's always it's easy to get carried away and say, oh yeah, we're going to win the league with this. I think the group we put together is more than capable to be challenging. Um, at the top of the table. Um, I think because we are still, and I think people have seen it recently, you're implementing a completely different style to maybe what people are used to, especially in non-league football. Um, even me, I mean, people will comment all the time and say to me, kind of, your approach is quite different. Um, some say good, some some maybe a little bit other. Um, but again, it goes back to that, what you said about giving people time, being respectful. Um, I think players, in my opinion, nowadays, um, they want someone that's going to be a man manager first and foremost. Um, so someone that's willing to have conversation, not just scream and shout. Um, then somebody that they can believe in the ideas that he's trying to put in front of them and get them to, to go and deliver. So I think 
where you see where where we started from in terms of a project with no one kind of in in the squad to where we're at now, you know, I'm big on perspective. Um, I think life kind of throws enough at you. So getting carried away with football results at times, you know, maybe puts things into perspective because there's far bigger things going on. But I think in terms of if someone said to me at the beginning of the season, after eight games, you'll be fifth. With some of the games that we had on paper, Mm. um, you know, Three of the teams that come down, some tough away games, big local derby, second game in. Um, and then if they would have said, Barnsley, would you have taken fifth after eight games? Oh, hell yeah. You know, of course, you know. And we, we even said, and I, I don't mind touching on it because we talk about the results, but it's easy to get carried away because, yeah, you think you, you've maybe dropped off from where you was at. Um, but I also remind the boys, because we've set such a high standard and I think the performance have been so good, um, maintaining that, you know, let's have, have it right, that... If players were maintaining those standards consistently, they wouldn't be playing at our level. Yeah, yeah, I'll see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and again, if, if football was easy, everybody would do it. Um, so you're always going to, you know, your, your peaks and troughs. So in terms of there's going to be inconsistencies, it's just the most important thing is to try and get back to a good standard and level. When you do drop off, um, I think, you know, we, we said after um, the game on Tuesday at Lewis that, you know, let's have it right. We, we know we were well off of the standards that we want to be at and it wasn't a good performance and an account of ourselves. But perspective, we're still sitting above Lewis in the table, even though we just lost to them. Um, we're right in the mix of that top group. Um, mm. And now it's a little bit of a kick up the backside and a wake up call to say, you know what? Yeah, you were doing well, but we weren't there. You've still got work to do. We've maybe still got some tweaking to do. But no, I think I'm really happy where we are. Um, mm. I, I do believe that if we can keep players fit, um, because our squad, our squad's going to be the issue for the whole year. I'll happily go on record saying that because we might not have as many resources as other teams that are going to be expected to be in and around it so they can carry a bigger squad. We can't carry a big squad with what we're working with. Um, we're going to have to give youngsters a chance, which we have already and they've been brilliant. Um, so again, it's just maintaining fitness of players, and then when we do pick up injuries, which you're gonna, or we do hit those times of inconsistency, if players can step up um, and go and replace that that player that's missing and make sure the standards stay high. So that's going to be the challenge, but no different from anybody else. But really pleased where we are. I do believe if we stay fit and we keep the players um, fit and, and the squad together, um, I think we we could be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Okay, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I just it, it shows you, as you say, we've had these up and down. Well, not all conceit, you know, just a couple of downs recently, but some great, great highs. I mean, like ah, oh, just uh, some of some of Femi's winners. Uh, I mean, ridiculous stuff. And obviously, you're bringing in young JJ, who uh, was fantastic. Okay, got uh, got Trevor Nell who's actually runs a podcast called the Premier Non League Podcast, uh, and he always posts up on the my Sussex by the sea stuff. He asks Paul, uh, what attracted you to Hastings United and what is the vision for the short and long term? Great question, Trevor. Um I think Clever from, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um from from my perspective, what attracted me to, to, to any club um is one is the infrastructure. Um I think sometimes people get carried away again. I speak to managers and they'll say kind of what do you look for? I think if a club's got a good infrastructure, you've always got a good chance because, again, I'm, I'm from a coaching background. So, you know, developing players is is what I've kind of always done. Um, it's what I'm passionate about. But then having the opportunity to implement a style um, and kind of your own philosophy on the club that people can buy into. Um, and I think it's great because you can then feed that with, obviously, your academy, your youth section, 
you can then have that interaction and build that sense of community like we've tried to do. Um, again, fan base, um, brilliant to know that you're coming into a club with a great fan base. And I think the potential, um, potential for the club to, you know, to, to be bigger, um, to go and play at a higher level. Um, I think that's always important. And that's no disrespect to maybe some of the clubs that I've managed because, you know, it's, it's been my journey and it's been brilliant to be involved. But, you know, if we're honest, there's some clubs there that you think they've probably been at their level. They're not going to grow anymore. You know, some some clubs, you know, and it is from a financial perspective, some clubs won't be able to grow because they might not get great crowds. Um, whereas, you know, Hastings, you're great support, you know, great infrastructure in terms of a club, um, good people, you know, in terms of when I was offered the job, I knew, obviously, from reputation and um, experience of playing against Hastings, you know, I've always gotten well with previous managers, new staff around the place. Um, and it, and it's the reason why I didn't obviously bring in a management team with me. I was happy to come on my own because I knew we had good people at the club. Um, so when, when you've got those as key ingredients, you've always got a chance to be successful. Um, and from my own kind of personal agenda and people always looking at what do you want to get? I, I want to be successful. You know, I, I, I want to, I want to get the club promoted. You know, I, I want to take Hastings to the next level. Um, and I, I think we've got the ability to do that. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Um, so I do think for the short term, it was about coming in, it, letting people know what our philosophy is, what our vision is as a management team. Then it's building a group that can go and put that into place, building the connection with the fans. I think people always get, get that one kind of lost because um, people just think it's about on the pitch. For me, it's far bigger than that. You've got to get right off the pitch as well. I think we've done that really well. So I would say from the short-term objectives, I think we're on track um, for kind of the medium to long-term. Um, I think it's working with obviously new ownership coming in, um, making sure that we align in terms of where the club want to be going, where we want to be going, which at the moment from all discussions that we've had is completely aligned. Um, obviously, it's great that we've got people like, you know, Dean and uh, Dean and Ben White that have been heavily involved with the academy, no local football. Um, and so, I mean, when you've got those things, um, I think you've got a real good chance. Mm. Um, I, I do believe, you know, people will, will want to, oh, yeah, could it be this year? Um, I'm not saying promotions going to be this year. Obviously, we want it to be sooner, sooner rather than later. But I think mm. if you're looking for the next one to three years, I think there's no reason why we can't be chasing that objective of becoming a national South club. Um, and I think from, from kind of conversations with um, new ownership, you know, that's the vision. Um, so long term, we do want to be a national South club. I think the town deserves a national South um, league club because we've got everything in place. Yeah, like that answer, Trev. Um, Trev, I've got, I've got Trevor in my brain here, Paul. Uh, good answer, Paul. Sorry, mate. Hang on. Let me just get the next question up. This is from uh, Peter Thomas Edmonds, who's a Hastings fan. There's a few here. What is the, any updates or planned return for uh, TC, Tom Chalmers? And where does Paul think he might fit in to our side? So TC, when I first took over and we spoke to, to TC, it was expected of, of January of 24. Um, after the up, obviously, again, I've worked with players before. What you don't want to do is rush them back mm. for re their recovery and rehab. Um, Tom's been brilliant in terms of his commitment, his dedication to, to the training. So staff have been brilliant supporting him. I think, you know, if I was to say December now is looking like a possibility, that would be that would be latest. Um, there is, I mean, I want to only whisper it because I don't want to put any pressure on Tom because what we don't want him to do is break down. Obviously, yeah. yeah. If, if there was if there was a if there was a possibility for November, it would it would make me a very happy man because I know Tom has got great potential. He, he's very well liked. You know, players rate him. Um, I mean, he's he's trained with us now for the last few weeks. Um, 
you know he's got ability. Um, he definitely fits into obviously our style, our philosophy. I think um, you know potential that Tom's got. You know, I think I think playing group and ex players already said. You know, if he probably didn't suffer the injury, it was probably one that might have been on football league clubs yeah. list. Um, so you know, my job and and our job as a staff is to try and get Tom back on those lists um, because you know his aspirations are to be a professional yeah. footballer. Um, and and I've got no doubt that once he gets fit and playing again, you know he will be. Um, so he definitely he, he fits within our staff. He'll be playing once he's back fit. Um, the sooner he's back fit, I think the better for everybody because he gives us another top top player. Pete's got more. This one's in what way do you feel feel the team struggled most at Dover after conceding free to what may be the weakest team in the NLS? All a bit off. Player quality, tactics, or level of fitness, or is there another reason? I think, you know I mean, I'm never one to blame officials, but if you look the way the first 25 minutes went where you can see the penalty that we felt was soft and have a man sent off, doesn't matter the level of opposition you're playing against. Playing with 10 men is always going to be tough. Mm. Um, I think we, we still made a game of it. Um, I, yeah, I, I think up until that point, because after the first 10 minutes, we started really brightly. Yeah. Um, if we were one up after the first 10 minutes, I don't think anyone batters an eyelid. Um, and I, I honestly think if the decisions aren't made that are in the first half hour, it's a different game. Um, I, w- I was proud of the players that kept going even with 10 men and made a game of it. I think, you know, if, if you're talking about key moments, Freddie Leg goes through and puts one just over the bar. You know, on another day, that's free. Or when you take a replay and people are saying 10 men replay away at a left side, it's not a bad result. But ultimately, you know, I'd be lying if I if I if I didn't say going into that game, I expected us to win. Um, because you know, it's no no not being disrespectful to Mitchell or, or Dover, but we felt where they were at in terms of struggling, where we were at, you know, just on on that kind of that, that crest of, of a wave. Yeah. Um we, we felt that it was one we go in and win, you know, after the first twenty five minutes or whatever it was when Sam gets red card and you lose a penalty, it's a different ball game. But yeah, on another day it's a different story. But yeah, disappointed with the fact of going at the FA Cup more than anything. Well, I mean, to be honest, it, it says a lot about where we were where we're at. We're because uh, I was communicating with the Dover, some Dover people, and um, they do like a podcast. And I was going to go on there, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And the reason why was because they were so down. They were convinced they were losing that game. They were like, you know, and they were bricking it. And you know, unfortunately, we couldn't win. But that that shows a little bit about us as well, that actually they were yeah. really... You know, and how well we were doing, or we are doing. Sorry, don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, and, <laughs> and, and you know, I, and I, don't, I don't mind like, saying it publicly for people to hear and watch it back. Um, and people might say, oh, well, yeah, what's he caring about the opposition manager or another manager for? But I mean, I did say straight away, I had a chat with Mitch before the game. I had a chat with him straight after the game, went into his office, had a chat. And he said, oh, like, obviously, exactly the same. If you, if you don't. Obviously, get a man sent off is a different game. I said, to be honest, Mitch, it's football. I said, what what I do take a little bit of consolation from is I've, I've been there in terms of Mitch's position when you're struggling. Mm. And, you know, people try to kick you when you're down. Um, I know Mitch has, has put a lot of work in and, and he's very dedicated to his job. So as much as people might not want to hear it from a hater's perspective, you know, from managers, manager to manager, I said to Mitch after the game, I mean, if, if I'm going to lose and it's against anyone at the moment, I'm glad it's you who just because you deserve more time. You put a lot of hard work and effort into the, the club. Sometimes people don't know 
all the other aspects what goes on at the club. So, yeah. you know, f- from the positive, I said to Mick, you know, I hope that that maybe gives you guys a, a, a kickstart now. And it shows because they went and got a great result at Bath the following week, which yeah, everyone went back to down for a big loss. So, I mean, it's, you know, it was unfortunate against us, but at least from some kind of positive outlook on it, it helped Mitch. And I think it gave it gives him more time, which he deserves. Well, I t- I, this is what I don't understand. I mean, maybe it's just a modern thing. I'm an old, obviously an old geezer now then, because pe- people look to sack people like immediately, like, the Dover fans were this before the, the Dover game. They're like screaming at this guy should go, and you think, hang on, he's how many games has he had? Like, how can you? What remote? I don't, I don't know what world people live in. You know, like yeah. And and, and do you know what, Chris? I, I think and I, I don't mind. I don't mind sharing it. And it's no disrespect to Dover. It's been, obviously it's a great club. Um, I know they, they they do things obviously their own way. But I think people's on the flip side because some supporters will say, oh, we should go. I think sometimes people don't stop to think, well, sometimes it's better the devil you know, because hmm. who who would you go and get? And I think sometimes, and you go back to asking me the question, what attracted me to Hastings? How many managers would be queuing up for a certain job? Because is it attractive? Has it got all the things that we talked about that I'm, I'm looking for in a club? So, hmm. you know, as much as people might say, oh, yeah, you should go, who's going to be lined up for the, for the next one coming in? Because, I mean, without being disrespectful, I don't think there'll be a long list of CVs getting thrown at that one. Well, I saw the Dover fans switching off now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> are you listening to this, mate? No, I, I, but sometimes, sometimes I think I, I think sometimes people overlook those those things. Um, well, and it's, just... and it's and it's very reactive. Sheep, sheep mentality. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just okay. right. He's got more questions. Is oh, Pete? Uh, what uh, What's been the most pleasing part of managing Hastings United so far? Pete asked. The most pleasing, I think, connecting with the people. Um, you know, I think everyone knows the supporters that I spoke to, um, m- myself and my family, to be fair, I've spent some, some some really good quality time down in Hastings, trying to get a feel for the place, getting to know the people. Um, and again, it goes back to the forum. And I remember speaking, I, I, I remember people where they were stood and sat for the forum. And I think before that, you come into it and you know, yeah, it's, you know, great town, really supports this club but probably didn't understand the, the real dynamic of what the town is and who the people are. Mm. I think after that fans forum, it gave me a great understanding. So then when I spent more time and I've spent more time down at the club and around the people, you understand and it. And it really resonates because mm. I think, like I said in the fans forum, I'm a working class lad that grew up on a council estate in Southwest London, um, grew up on a single parent family, kind of, Everything, all my values, all my experience that was instilled into me comes from my working class background, which I wouldn't change for the world. So then when you start talking to the supporters and the people that make the club what it is, you've got so much in common. Um, So then when you talk about, you know, having an impact, you know, whether it's getting a win or making people feel part of the team, making everyone know that they're together on this journey. um, For me, that's the most pleasing thing. So knowing that we've already made an impact and brought people together as a club, as a community, for me, that, you know, that will always be the most valuable thing. So for me, I'm really proud of that so far and we're going to get stronger. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, right. What's your bit? This is again, this is Pete. Pete's bombarder is a seer with questions. Good man, Pete. Um, what What's your biggest challenge in the months ahead going to be, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, I think squad depth um, is always going to be a tough one because obviously um, resources budget wise we've got to make sure it works and stays in line with what we are as a club um, so I, I think now I, I, I would say a lot of managers will probably always be worried about other teams coming to get players um, I like to think that the players we got 
You know, I don't, I don't think, unless it was a ridiculous offer of football league club coming for somebody, um, I think that we've got a loyal group that are in this for the long long run. Um, so I, I just think it's going to be a case of keeping people fit, uh, making sure that the squad depth allows us to then keep a certain standard. Um, so, yeah, I think that will be the, the biggest challenge, especially when there's games coming thick and fast Saturday, Tuesday. Um, so keeping players fit, injury-free, need a bit of luck. Um, so that, that will be the toughest challenge, I think. Well, this one's out of date. What's up to date situation on Adam Lovett's injury? So, <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's out of date. He's back. No, yeah, top player. Oh, he was a top player before, top player. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about Adam Lovett's impact. I mean, um, like, obviously bringing him back. I mean, we, we might, maybe we'll talk budgets in a minute, but like, bringing him back. I mean, he's a, he's a top player. I'm, I'm surprised. He, I'm surprised he's come back. I mean, I don't know how, what magic you got there, um, Paul, but he, he's a top leader and player i mean he's, he's been great since he's uh come back uh what what, what do you think paul what, what's your words on it? yeah again i think it, it, and if you go back to that and you talk about you know how did you get someone like adam love about eighth in united um you got you go back to what I'm, I'm, I'm always gonna trust in terms of relationships with players um it actually is such as again go back to being a small world and community um one of his actual best friends who was a former Pacers player as well Ansu Janna you oh, yeah, Ansu yeah, yeah, yeah. is a player that I've always been close with. Um, I supported him, actually, when he was at Hastings. When he was younger, he came in and done some work with me, with my performance company that I got away from, obviously management. And then he came and played for me when I was a manager at Hastings. Um, got on really well with Ansu and his family. Still stay in touch with him now. They still, his mum still sends my kids gifts, which is very kind. Um, she comes to one of our games in pre-season, a Charlton game, to be fair, and sat with my family. Um, so... When you've got players speaking well of you to other players, it always helps. Um, So Ant always spoke well of me to Dav and and Adam, obviously, and and Jamie, obviously, the the group that came through at Hastings together. So they always knew of me. Dav, again, is a player that I I always reached out to, especially when he got his injury and just just said, look, if there's any help or support you need, feel free. Um, And then playing against him, obviously, last year when he was on loan, Always got really well, always made time. And again, it's just being personable. Um, so Adam was a player that we knew um, was going to be a free agent in the summer. Um, obviously, with the Dab situation escalating, I managed to bring Dab back. Dab saying, look, Adam at the moment, um, you know, isn't getting any offers at the level he wants to be at. Um, needs to just enjoy football again. Wants to be with good people that can help get him back to that level. You know, he said, it, would you be interested? Um, because he, he he knows you, knows Stoney. Um, obviously, speak well of you. And obviously, who, who, no manager in our league would turn around and say, I'm not going to entertain the fact of thinking that. Adam Love of that. Um, yeah. So then it was just an honest conversation with Adam, saying, look, this is this is what we're looking to do. This is where you fit in. Um, he was still in, 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 in that process. He was still talking or there were still clubs potentially offering him something at a higher level. Um, and again, I think some managers sometimes push too hard and they say, oh, no, I need to know by tomorrow or I'm going to go and get someone else. We knew we knew the strengths and qualities Adam had, so we were willing to be patient. Um, we said to Adam, look, let us know. Um, just keep us in the loop if you want to have another chat. Um, and it was brilliant because I think it was actually, might have been, it was, a, it was a Friday before we played on a Saturday. And he kind of, I was waiting for him and then he ran quite late and he was like, like can I come and sign? He said, like, I spoke to a couple of others. Nobody I feel is, is, is going to be able to give me what I need. Um, I want to enjoy my football. I believe that you can give us the environment to do that. I love the club. Um, can I come? So straight away, it was a no-brainer. Nice. Um, you know, we, we made sure. And again, 
I think I said all the way through pre-season as well, when you're building your squad and, you know, budget-wise, you, you've got to make sure that you don't overcommit because if you go too early, you go and sign 20 players, you've got nothing to work with. So then if somebody like an Adam Lovett comes up late in the day, yeah, you can squeeze all, of, all of a sudden you've either got to let people down and, t- and charm that you're a liar or you've got to, you know, go, go in with your cup to the chairman and say, we need some more money, which again, is not going to happen. <laughs> so... From my perspective, we, we, we were quite strategic in terms of we knew there was going to be some players coming up last minute um, from a higher level. We didn't we didn't know Dav and Adam were going to come up. You know that was that was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, we, we we worked well, built relationships, and no, it, it was good because they knew the club and yeah, to bring someone like Adam, but and he's been brilliant. You know, let's, let's have it right. I think you can see when, when he hasn't played, we've missed him, um, which shows you know the, the impact that he has. And I just think, you know, especially at the time, if anyone watches in pre-season and fans will probably agree with me, we just look too open in terms of, you know, we've got our, our brand of football that we want to play, but we're just too open in transition. It looked like, you know, you could drive a bus through midfield at times. Um, so someone like Adam, who's got that disciplined side, that, that kind of that nasty side that gives us a bit of edge. Um, it was exactly what we needed. And I think you've seen it from kind of, especially those kind of these opening few weeks, the balance now that him the skipper and Dom have given us in midfield. We've got we've got three players there that have all got different skill sets and qualities that bring out the best of each other's. Um, so you know, and again, they're just, they're just building their connection still because Adam didn't have a preseason. Um, so Adam's just getting going now. So it's, it's exciting to have him back. Yeah, just talking on budgets there, just quickly, just a point that I know. Remember. Um... Stoney's dad, who always comes on the podcast, uh, Agent Malk. Agent Malk comes on because he mentioned about Potter's Bar. I mean, that thing of having having a budget set for the season and having a situation where you know, look, I, well, I'm going to get this and it's going to be consistent throughout the season. We, we obviously want, um, we, we're thinking a bit longer than the short term, if you get what I mean. So yeah. it's it, it, in terms of our, our budget currently, is that is that going to be, is that held across across to the end of the season, or we're we not going to have? Uh, is there any chance of like that Potter's Bar sort of situation where all of a sudden the chairman says, um, "Got to cut the money uh, because it's A, B, and C," and then we've got to get rid of people? I mean, do, have have you got any re- assurances from like the ownership that uh, what you've got what you've got currently will stay for the for the season or? Yeah, no, Does it exactly. work like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've been from one end of the spectrum to the next. I've been, mm. I've been managing, managing with some clubs. You have got no budget. Mm. <laughs> I've been some clubs and I've got a really big budget, um, and some clubs where the budget might be a little bit That's inconsistent right. throughout. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think we're in a really good again. It's one of the things that attracts you. I mean, what's the setup? Is it consistent? You know, the ownership have said, yep, that's your budget for the season. You work on that. I think there's always that temptation and it's nice to know support. So, for instance, if you're there or thereabouts come the end of the season and you need another player that maybe you think give you that extra push, I, I, I believe that our, our ownership, our chairman will say, here you go, Paul, you've got our full support. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I will touch on it as well from, I think, from the outside, because everyone will maybe look at our squad as well and say, oh, they must have a good budget. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my personal opinion, knowing what other teams are, are paying and what people's objectives are this year, and people might, might they'll, they'll probably call me a liar or they might fall off their chairs when I say, but if I was to place us in a table of what our budget is, I would probably put us mid-table. 
with our with, with our budget. Um, yeah, and, and that's not trying to make us look better or worse or anything. Mm, yeah. but I, I would I would just say from knowing what even what knowing what league, uh, budgets are in leagues below, I would probably place us as a mid table side in terms of our budget. Um, so you know, people would then say, "Oh wow, you know, if you're doing that on a bit." But again, I think you go back to it. I always say. That, the, the value of a budget isn't in so much what you can pay is what you can offer. And I think the value of our budget is the environment that we're creating. It's the club, you know, everyone wants to play in front of over a thousand fans. You know, everyone wants to be in a club that the fans are brilliant in terms of they support you. Um, you know, it's got that togetherness. It's an actual football club. Um, whereas, and again, it's not being disrespectful to other clubs, but some, some other teams might have bigger budgets, but they can only offer money. Um, whereas if, if you can offer a, a good environment with good people in a proper football club, straight away for me, that gives you that extra. And, and to be honest, it's testament to the group we got because we haven't got boys that are here chasing money. Um, we've got boys that are willing to accept their value within our budget because they know beyond that they're getting access to good people, professional environment and a great football club that's well supported. What, what's um, what is Femi's goal bonus though? I mean, he, 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 he's... What have you? What are you giving him? I, I don't really want to know what you're giving him. But I, you get what I mean, like because he's been cracking, hasn't he? Been uh, he's, cracking, he's, you know? Yeah, he's, he's superb. And I think you know, even when we spoke in, in kind of the off season, and we we were making our short list of who kind of is our ideal number nine, and and Femi was at the top of the list. Um, and people always say, oh, maybe his goal return wasn't great last season, or but you always again take into consideration environment. Um, team style of play. We always knew in terms of how we play, we'd be perfect. As a, as a lad, and I can't speak highly enough of him, as a person, he's one of the most infectious, positive people that I've met. Um, he's brilliant to have around the place. Um, yeah, in terms of when you talk about bonuses and stuff, you know, you, you take, and, and I would always, I think your main number nine, somebody like a Femi, you take him with a goal bonus, knowing that you want to pay him that every week. Oh, yeah. Um, so, careful. you know, so, so in theory, <laughs> even though you're offering it as a bonus, you just, you tie it into what, what his weekly wage would be. Um, and then if he doesn't score, you say, what's going on? Um, yeah. And again, you know, from, from somebody like Femi's standards, you know, he, he's absolutely gutted. Obviously, he wants us to win, but he wants to be scoring every week. He wants to be the top goal scorer in the league. So it gives you a bit of an insight what he's all about and what he's here to do. Um, but he's been brilliant. I can't speak highly enough of, of him as a person and as a player, what he's brought to the club. Yeah, I mean, that was a big thing I noticed. I mean, we go to, we've got a couple of questions there, but like we go to, like, from what the highlights I saw from our uh, game against Lewis, uh, you know, Femi was making noise and um, Adam was making noise. I mean, which was good. It's good to see. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't much else good to see in those highlights, but, you know, we can all have a bad day, can't we, Paul? That was, uh, I, that's not going to happen next week, is it? That no, but I, that. I, I think I mean it, just to give you a bit of an insight as well. So you know, a good relationship with all the players, players, and and I I take it all the time is if players want to talk to you after the game and they want to know kind of where do you think I, I did do well or where could I have done better, um, you know they care straight away, um, which is the most important thing you want players to care. Um, and kind of Martin, I'll say exactly what I've said to players on the phone this week after the the game on Lewis is. We all know that nobody can come out of Tuesday saying that they were good, um, you know, and, and I said it in the change room as well, that's management and players included. You know, we're a collective. We win and lose together. So from my perspective, we were all below standards on, on Tuesday. You know, everybody knows that if, if we put in those kind of performance more often than not, we're not going to be in a position we want to be in. Um, so, you know, we, we know that it wasn't a great day at the office, um, but we've got to make sure that, yeah, we bounce back quickly from, from a game line performance like that. Okay. Well, going from that, let's talk about one that you would have loved, which was that great away day at Dulwich. 
um, you know, going back to a club that obviously, well, harsh, I think I harshly let you go, but uh, what, I mean, as a supporter, I loved it. But tell, tell, what was your feelings about it, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, I'd be lying if, it, if I didn't say I was very happy on my way home after the game. <laughs> Um, just obviously going back to a, a former employer and, and getting one up. Um, but I think more so in terms of the way that we won, um, because again, I think it would be quite well known that, you know, that, that maybe the hand that I was dealt at Dulwich, it was a little bit of one hand tied behind your back because it was a squad that obviously I didn't put together. But, you know, I, I love the lads that, that played for me and made some good relationships, but ultimately it wasn't the squad I put together. Um, did as best as we could. Um, if I was to go back, yeah, maybe we might have done a couple of things a bit differently, but ultimately did get a chance to build our own team and do it our way. So then to be able to go back with Hastings, with a group that we've been allowed to build, with a philosophy that we've implemented. And I think anyone, I mean, I had so many Dulwich fans, you know, they give me a nice standing ovation on the way off, which was lovely. Um, and even coming to speak to me after the game and say, your, your team was brilliant today. You know, you thoroughly deserve to win. Um, you know, if... If you look at it and, and people ask me afterwards, they said, how was it? I said, look, if we won three or four one, I don't think it would have been, mm. you know, unjust because we, we were good. Uh, we played some good football. You know, we had a goal to disallow. We missed the penalty. So uh, I thought, no, it was really nice to go back there. It was good to see some people that, that we saw in a day, supporters, because I never got a chance to really see them before. Obviously, I left and they was always brilliant with me. Um, so, yeah, going back there, yeah, it was a really good. And for the club, you know, obviously, great day out for the club. The support was brilliant. The amount of people that travelled um, was a great day. I mean, I've got some great pictures. Um, I know players talk about, and they'll get stuck into Scott White, who's brilliant in terms of capturing those moments. And, and I'll talk to Scott all the time. Um, but I, I do. You know, I, I keep pictures from a match day. Um, I think when I went along the line of supporters, as we do, um, there's some really good pictures of me embracing some of the fans, some high fives. I've got sent a couple of videos online. They'll stay in the library forever, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it's that, it's that Ben Bennett. See, he gets himself in all the pictures. I know. There's at least a few with it with him with you. you see, you got to watch him. He's got. He's got. Uh... So I'll make sure I just find him because if he knows where the camera is, I'll know I'll keep getting good shots. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. Ben knows where the camera is. That's true. Okay, right. Last question from Pete, and it is. Yeah, so what, what player has exceeded uh, expectations so early in the season? Anyone in particular? Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely... I've got one in my mind that jumps straight out, and it would be the right-back Sam McCoy. Um, I think if anyone's watched performances, and just to give everyone an insight, so spoke to Sam in the off-season, um, invited him a chance to come in and be a trialist through pre-season to show that he was potentially... A kind of that that modern fullback that I was looking at that could do certain things. Um, I think if you looked at maybe his first two performances and we spoke to Sam, he looked still a little bit nervy, a little bit shaky when the season kicked off. Since Dulwich, um, and it was definitely the Dulwich game where, again, you, you talk through some of the teams that you would expect to be there or thereabouts coming into the season, and Dulwich, you would say, would be one. You look at then the, the wingers or attacking players that they're going to pose a threat. Um, so you look at people like... Luke Winadio, Andy Jeffrey that was playing. I think they had Richard Pinglin playing. Um, so straight away, you look at Sam and say, look, these are the games where you'll play against some of the best attacking players in the league. Um, this is where you build your reputation. And I thought he was brilliant on that day. Mm -hmm. And since then, he's been superb. I think you look at Thierry from Belvedere, 
um, cup games where again for, for me one of the one of the um, biggest talents in non-league football Josh Ajay um, is there and he he's potentially a football league player and on his day he I've seen him absolutely rip defenders to shreds whereas I can't remember him getting a kick against us in both games because Sam marked him at the game um, you then go and even people might say Lewis on Tuesday where we didn't do well but Calvin who was with me at Dulwich last year again is a football league player when he's at it um, their goals didn't come through Calvin. I can't remember Calvin getting a better of him. Um, so, yeah, I would say Sam McCoy. I think coming in as a trialist to now establish yourself and kind of set the standard of performance he has. Um, and it, and it, he's still going to get better because he, he's still only 21. Um, he's still learning, you know, yeah, and he's been very, very complimentary in terms of enjoying the environment of, of being coached, helping people understand his game. Um, so the more he, he takes that on board and he grows, he's only going to get better because he's a great athlete and he's a great lad. Okay, well, thanks for that, Paul. Um, we've got we've got Haven and Waterlooville on Friday, Paul. Now, this is going to come out afterwards, so it, you, you're not going to give anything away. Are we going to be uh, putting in uh, our 23s there, a mix, a mix some of the squad players, or what are we doing? No, I, I think in terms of where we're at, I mean, again, speaking to players after the Lewis game, I think it's, it's time that we, we just reevaluate, have a little look at um, obviously making sure we don't lose sight of our style. Uh, we want to make sure we're playing that possession-based football, but maybe just look at a couple of, of tweaks. So we're, we're looking at maybe changing formation, um, having a little look at a, a different approach for those two games. Um, Utilising the whole squad, so you'll see two 11s on Friday in the friendly and then come three bridges. Um, we'll be looking at trying to fine-tune going into the FA Trophy game on Kingstonian because what we have said is, as, as well as we've started, and I think anybody, even supporters, we're looking at, you could probably pick the 11 after the first few games because boys were playing so well. Whereas now, where a few have just towered off and performances have dropped, I think it's more of a, a level playing field. So there's places up for grabs. So now this is where you're looking for, again, you go back to the squad bet. Who's pushing to go and take a shirt for Kingstonian in the trophy? Um, and the only boys that are going to be able to do that are the boys that go and put in a performance on Friday and then on Tuesday against Three Bridges. Um, you know, we know connection with the fans, Sussex County Cup, people normally will say, oh, yeah, you know, it's just another cup. It's not another cup competition for us. We want to go and win. Um, we want to go on a good yeah. run. It's one where there's potential chance of silverware. So from our perspective, we're making sure we find a balance. So it will be a mixture of boys that we might feel need minutes, but ultimately what we want to fine-tune towards the Kingstonian game on the seventh. Okay, thank you. Well, Paul, thanks so much for your time. Um, and well I, well, I will see you at the game, sir. So uh, take care and have a lovely day. Right. Thank you very much, Alan. Yeah, cheers, Well, that's it for another episode, SPTS fans. If you want to get in contact with this podcast, the email is hufcpod at gmail.com. The Twitter, which is SBTSpod. Otherwise, go to the YouTube. Over three and a half years of content on there. There's so many other ways to listen. However you get your podcast, we're on all platforms. Or go to the link tree, which is SBTS Podcast, uh, and subscribe. It's all free. Remember, get yourselves to a game and support local football, whoever and wherever you're watching. And apart from that, see you at the game.